And what's going up guys, it's your hostess with the mostest, Anomaly Kyra, coming back at it for another mind theory for your mind. Now today we're going to talk about quantum decoherence because of course we are. Our last episode was about the quantum coherence, so today I want to talk to you about the loss of information from the system. Let me tell you just a basic um, idea of this. Uh, and then I'll give you some definitely uh, examples in my own point of view. So loss of information from a system into the environment. Every system is loosely coupled with the energetic state of its surroundings. Uh, this happens when different proportions of the system's wave functions become enlarged in different ways. And I think that means uh, time. So let me add this in. So the loss of information. Uh, the example that I saw online was a, a very hot bath losing heat. But I think I want to look at it more like if you look at the world around us now, we're dealing with a large loss of information at a very personal level. Uh, if you really want to look at it, I saw this beautiful poem talking about how you used to love everything that you made with your hands. And when I heard that, it just, it really touched me because I'm an artist, I create, I paint, I write, I sing, I do all of that. But as I've become, you know, later on into my 20s or whatever, I developed a type of personality where uh, perfectionism started coming in and plaguing me. Or, or maybe it was, you know, the traumatic childhood or something peeking in saying, this art isn't good enough, you know? You'll never be Van Gogh or Picasso. And if you had met Van Gogh or Picasso back then, you probably wouldn't have thought that they were gonna be Van Gogh or Picasso. You would have thought they seemed a little stressed and maybe they need to like chill out. And they weren't even, they also created their own look. Well, not to get off into a ramble about art, but I really love art. And those of you who are listening probably do too, because, you know, the collective souls. So if you're here, you probably like thinking and talking about the same things that I do. And this is a nice little place where we can come and talk and join and have thought. And maybe in this way, it's a, a one-way conversation but I wholeheartedly believe that, in a way, you're communicating back as well. What you feel, and when you would want to, of course. So, loss of information, I would say, is like losing your childhood too soon. Or if you've been told that you're mature for your age, or something like this. Or, like me, I had very strong personality parents, so... It really wasn't a big issue for me to develop my own personality and character. I was able to see that, you know, I could be funny and have a sense of humor or I would be beautiful or from time to time, not a lot, but from time to time, I would think I was actually charming. <laughs> I could make myself laugh, which was something I still, uh, I still love about myself. On my Saturdays, it comes in handy. Because, like all humans, you know, I, I have sadness and I feel pain. But it's not one of the things that stays in my focus. So that's why I want to talk, like the quantum decoherence of it is that I lost the information somewhere along the way of not doing that. 
like I remember being a child, my grandmother had this huge house. My grandma's the one who's half German. Um, and Japanese Tahitian. I don't want to count them out either. But she had this huge house. No one was really around. So I when I say I was alone a lot as a kid, I'm sure there was a parental somewhere. My parents worked a lot. They had houses and cars and things to pay for. God, at like 24, it blows my mind. This is a different world now. Loss of information again. Like, I see this everywhere. Or maybe because I'm studying it so hard, like I'd see it, like if I say look for a red car, you see a red car? So maybe it's something like that. But it just seems like there's such a loss. And not like in a nostalgic way. Like when I see, I've been seeing a lot of videos about nostalgia from the 90s or something. And if you lived in the 90s, you didn't feel nostalgic about it. But maybe you did about the 50s or something like this. Like I watched the Brady Bunch or I was like raised around like old people. So like my grandparents raised me, if anything. So I was watching shows from like the 30s. Like I love Lucy, you know. So there's like information and emotions and feelings that are like lost from this time frame in a beautiful way and sometimes a sad way. But in that way, I wanted to start coming back to some of this information that's gone. And not in a way to retrieve it, because once the water is spilled, it's spilled. It's absorbed and, you know, flushes out and is somewhere else. But back to the poem I heard of, of where you used to love things that your hands made. And it's like... If you would make a stick person or, you know, a little Play-Doh. Like, even when I think of Play-Doh, I can smell the smell of it. Maybe you're one of those weird kids that put your t the tip of your tongue on it and you could taste it and it's really, like, salty, you know, and you'd play with it. I don't, don't eat it. I, I never did that, but I did. Mm, <laughs> I did put the tip of my tongue on it. I will admit it. <laughs> I did. There were so many colors. I was just, I don't know, I was always been a curious kid. And I found out, and uh, it's just salty. It was weird. We used to make our own, too. You know, you just use flour, salt, and water. I and mean, my sister used to do that all the time. Like, for me, family was, like, really important. But I had to go off on this journey to really find myself. And after so many things had happened, there was a real decoherence in between me and my loved ones. Um, friends, family, relatives. It was just in a way that they didn't have, they didn't know the same information that I knew. And not in a negative way. These are all very beautiful things. You know, if I ask the sunflower why it isn't a rose, you know, it just seems like corrupting a thing that's already beautiful. So when I say uh, quantum decoherence, I don't say it in a way where I think it's negative or quantum coherence is way better because, you know, we like our quasi-classical descriptions to stay the same and, you know, we want our physical systems to be the same. And, oh, speaking of this, uh, I've been looking into some extra things. Like, this is what my company does. We do intellectual speculation and critical thinking, if you hadn't noticed, about philosophical ideas. So, I've always been a philosophical person. It's what saved my life. Um, and a lot of those times where I would lose the information from my own physical system of why I loved myself, or why I wanted to be alive, or what was there so amazing if no one loved me or knew I existed. And if you're listening to this, and maybe you have that thought somewhere in the back of your mind, I just want to let you know, you are a legacy. It took 
hundreds of thousands of people coming together at the right time, perfectly so, to make you. And I don't want to forget that. I don't want us to forget that. So when I talk about ancestors in the past and history, that's what I mean. The beauty of these human beings that lived in a world that in a way was less and then in a way was more than our own now. And I feel years to come, millennia to come, maybe a thousand years from now, when none of us exist and our ideas are moot, um, I would say that these things keep happening. There will always be a loss of information. That's how the system renews, because these are cycles. Life, humans, existence, reality, non-existence, they are all cycles and circles within each other, the golden spiral. Now, this actually reminds me of this really interesting movie that when I had roommates back in New York and Long Island, one of my Russian roommates was insane. And I mean, well, it was like uh, Russian and Estonian. So he had all these different ideas about this kind of stuff, which I loved, which is, you know, that's great to have a roommate like that. But he introduced me to this movie called Pie. Now, it's not a cherry pie. It's pie, like 3.14 type thing. Uh, it's a math equation. But this genius, he started losing his mind and seeing the golden spiral everywhere in the in the investing market, in real estate, in people, in genes. If you look at a flower, it's like um, geometry and things. And, you know, you start looking at swirls on your hand and how they're unique to you. And you can get lost in this information or it can start swirling you around like you took some DMT or something. I, you know, I just see meditation videos and it looks pretty trippy. Other than that, I have no idea, but I, I get what people like Joe Rogan was talking about it, this kind of thing. I don't know, but it's, it seems like they're seeing colors and talking to people and this kind of stuff, which is absolutely terrifying in my mind, but I am not here to judge. But if it brought them to somewhere more peaceful and a way of deeper understanding to themselves, then I think it's a beautiful thing. So I was looking into something else, too, that I thought was kind of fun. So quantum biology, which we're definitely going to have to pick up another episode for this because I want to stay on the quantum decoherence, but I just want to touch on it a, a little bit. So biological objects, um, they deal in a conversion of energy into forms that are usable, usable for chemical transformation and are quantum mechanical in nature. So when I saw that, I was like, okay, I got to definitely wrap my filter brain around it. The Dr. Anomaly Kyra is in. <laughs> now, and I wanted to have some ideas about what does that mean? So the process involved the conversion of energy. And the more I think about it, it's like this. When I am a vegan. I've been a vegan for, oh God, longer, most of my life. So most of my life. Um, now, when I have to take vitamins, because, oh, where do you get your protein, bro? Protein, bro. Love protein. Love protein. Protein, bro. Okay. Protein, bro. But I have to have all of the other. And I'm a woman. So also I add in iron. So I have my A vitamin, my B vitamin, my extra E vitamins, all of this stuff. 
what I have realized in my research of them, because I research everything, because this is just kind of how my mind works. I want to know what it is. I want to know how it works. I want to know what it does. And I keep seeing like there are certain forms of all of these vitamins. So it's not just vitamin B6. Vitamin B6 has like five different components that you can take. And one of them is more bioavailable to your body, which means it'll go through your uh, blood system and can get into your brain. Some things are too big or they're... Um, molecule size will be too big so it can't go through your blood system the same way which means it won't be as available for your brain your body to use something like this you know look at it that way it's like the good gasoline for the car not that i drive <laughs> like ricky gervais i do not drive it's not interesting to me it doesn't excite me i take a cab where i have to go or you know my friends drive everyone drives why do i need to drive you know one, one less person on the road that doesn't want to be there. <laughs> I pay to go where I got to go and then I come home, you know? And then again, you know, if you're just like a home buddy. So I, do, but I do have this little fantasy of like driving and just going for drives sometimes late at night while it's like cool out, put on a little jazz and just look at the clouds go by, you know? But that's not someone in a car driving. That's someone in the passenger seat with someone driving. So these lovely fantasies don't involve what I would actually be doing. I'd be stressed and paying attention to the road. So this is what I'm talking about. So the loss of that information within the fantasy, this happens constantly, all the time. It happens so much that I would think that we don't even pay attention to it anymore. Now what I wanted to say of how it reminds me of time really is, you know, time is an illusion. It's a construct. It's a measuring tool. So it can be big or small. You got a little bit of time, it's five minutes. You got a lot of time, you know, that could be a year, an hour, 30 minutes, 20 years. This, you know, this concept, which is why I really love outer space and being up here because the time dilation is insane. I can go to this planet and it's been seven years. I can go over there. It's only been a month back on earth. Maybe you're all dead and no one's hearing this. Oh, God. Ah. Well, and then that too. So sometimes in the mail, I get these in space mail. So sometimes I'll leave this construct. Like, so what? Who's going to sue me? This is my show. So sometimes in the mail, I get these life insurances, which they either make me angry or they're trying to tell me something. <laughs> I'm not dying anytime soon. I'm going to live forever and fuck you. I'm going to freeze to death on a mountain and I won't need a burial or I'll do like the Japanese style and, you know, make myself some kind of coral reef or fireworks or something exciting. I don't want to be boring. I don't want a boring death. I want people to sing and praise and think about how good my life was. And if I made them happy or the things I brought and, you know, and lay flowers and stuff before they, light my body on fire or something. I saw that in the movie and I thought it was kind of beautiful. It was just uh, her family. Like she had three sons and a husband. Maybe you've seen this movie. And the husband was getting them like a daughter or something. And the husband had them doing homesteading, you know, growing your own vegetables, uh, learning how to fish, learning how to, you know, make a roof, how to seal holes, how to, you know, really, really live. Like the thing we would not know how to do if one of those sun flares hit us and all the electricity goes out, which kind of scares me because I was like, 
I'm trying, I'm still, where I know I told you guys a few episodes ago, but I bought this rose bush and I've still been trying to, like I said, this is my show. I can leave the concept whenever I want. But I've been trying to grow this rose bush. I've reached a point where it's not growing and I'm watering a dead plant. And then that's another saying, are you watering a dead plant? Have you lost the information that would make this a growing, thriving thing? Sometimes that happens. And I've had to allow myself something really sad where I have to let something die. And I've never had to, or I guess I have had to deal with that, but that's the loss of information. I feel like I've never had to do that before, even though I've had to do it repeatedly. And this is why I wanted to bring it up, and I wanted to have an episode about this. So it's like, if you're experiencing something that feels off or uncomfortable, there's a loss of information. There's a decoherence. But I want you to know that every system reacts this way. You are an energetic system reacting to your surroundings. That's it. This information that's no longer there is reacting to the physical system. Now, for those of us who are, you know, maybe you blinked out for a minute, you start making coffee or something. So what are we talking about? You, us. We are all one. And I know, I know, I know. Everyone's like, oh, we're all one, like the Carl Sagan thing. Well, no, because then he went somewhere else with it. I just mean, you are an energy body. I am an energy body. That's how we're here. When that energy body changes and loses information, you can call that sickness, sadness, trauma. That's what these things are. So when I talk about that I had trauma, there were loss of certain informations. My parents worked all the time, so I didn't get the same kind of, you know, affection maybe you got listening to this. But I had a grandmother I watched TV with all the time. I, my favorite, one of my favorite memories that make me really happy, just like in a random moment or whatever, was like flying kites with my dad. It was like a strange thing or whatever, but I'm from the Midwest, really windy there, like up by Canada. So it's like we had flat planes everywhere. The wind could lift you if you didn't hold on to something sometimes. So flying your kite there would be probably the most amazing experience you ever had. And now, though, me as an adult, if I go there, you know, one day I get married, I have children, I do the the thing, the thing everyone's supposed to do, the show. Like, uh, if I took my children there to fly kites... Would it be the same for them? No. The loss of information is the experience in the energy body and time. And that's why I decided it was time. That's the thing of um, information. You know, it's how it's filtered through you. It's It's filtered through you, through your experiences, your mind, your way of behavior, structure, character, all of those beautiful, amazing things that make you, you. Which is why I feel like I'm in a particular situation because I've traveled, I've gone more than simply educating myself in a book's form. I've lived. If I wanted to know about a place, I decided to live there. If I didn't understand a people or a way, I made myself a part of it. I became entrenched in information and knowledge. Um, it's practically the study of knowledge, if you really want to just look at it that way, which is, you know, beautiful in itself. But it's speculative. 
because I want to have a different point of view than the one that I see there, which is beautiful, made by amazing people who have, you know, studied probably more than I have, have way more degrees than probably I do, and wrote all these books about it. But I'm putting it through my filter and my way of seeing the world, and this is my show, and it's my company. And I want to do critical thinking and intelligent speculation, where we speak about all of the ways that a thing may mean and not just one way that it could be uh, portrayed as. Like, if you put this into a Google search, it'll give you the layout of mostly what it means. But that's not all that it means, now is it? And I want you to really sit there with a lot of the things that you get confused about or you want to know about. And that's what, you know, I want to, if anything, I would love to promote you to ask yourself a question and then go research it and find out more about yourself. I wanted to know why did I have this type of emotion about human existence? You know, is it a God thing? Is it a spiritual thing? You know, being Catholic uh, for such a long time, I'm not now. I don't know if I'd be considered Christian either. It's just kind of all, but I love God. I love Jesus, the book, but the people I want nothing to do with. (laughs) And uh, we can kind of make that for what that is. I don't know. But if anything, I still think it's amazing if you believe in something. Uh, Spaghetti monster in the sky. The scariest thing I ever met was um, probably an atheist and it was because it was just sad so you just think that there's no purpose to you you're just a mistake or a fluke of this larger system of earth that peoples as alan watts said an apple grows apples earth grows people you know and i think in that way it's beautiful i also don't think of god the same way that everyone thinks of god like a magical genie or like a best friend cousin or something I don't think it's the same thing. My way of seeing it, I think, would be sadder. Because if you think of God as just an energy of creation, that means you can't ask anything, right? Or or if you're going to be a part of something, you have to do manifesting. And really, you're doing it on your own. That's what free will is. Which takes me back to the Greek mythology, where a lot of the times their incidences had to do with free will. Let me explain. Uh, Persephone. So she's uh, six months in hell, six months in heaven, this kind of thing, because she wanted to eat the fruit, or she was so beautiful, or it's got a little story. Maybe you know it. If you don't, go look it up. It's great. My point of bringing her up is her beauty and this fruit, which of course they're being seen as the same thing, right? When you get old, you're not ripe anymore. She tastes sweet. You know, all of that. But It's decisions, and it's the quantum decoherence of that, the loss of that, or, you know, if you don't know the story. So she had to come up with something to to get out of hell for those six months. I swear, I feel like Persephone sometimes, because I'm not going to go into a lot of detail. This is public. But sometimes I do feel like maybe six months I'm in hell, six months I'm in heaven, and a back and forth. And I am a type of ripe fruit. And I am afraid of being anything else but that. But when I think of it that way, I've lost a certain amount of information that even a fruit that's no longer ripe, 
means you picked it off of the vine or whatever. Think of apples, cherries, all of these things. I have a point, I promise. When they fall to the ground and melt away and there's nothing left of them, there's a seed, right? And then this seed that's on the ground, it might rain, the mud gets soft, and it sinks down. You know where I'm going with this. Now, as the seed sinks down into the mud, into the dirt, the sun comes out and it dries. So now that ground is dry and solid, and the seed has been laid and set. And now it is preparing to grow again. And this is the cycle. So when I think of myself in this way, I try to see myself as a a cycle, the more and more, or especially when I get sad or maybe I have little feelings of, you know, depression, oh, why me? Or, you know, you can get into that area. I want to think of this area as where I'm planted. I'm simply planted. And I don't have a lot of those areas because, like I said, I isolate. And really, the only time... I I mean, this is only my own experience. When you're being watched is when you feel like you need to portray certain emotions and attitudes. So if there's no one here to see me being sad, I'm not sad. And and even if I had someone to see me being sad, I wouldn't be sad just because my own perfectionisms and, oh, this is weakness and, oh, this and, oh, that. You know, they're flaws. I'm not a perfect human being. And I allow myself to be that. And I think if the worst thing about me is that I'd like to be the best me that I can be, knowing that I'll never reach that. Maybe I'll get close. I think that's a good place to be. And if you're listening to this and you're not sure if you're doing enough or if you're doing too much, I want you to sit with yourself and realize that you're where you're supposed to be. You're planted. Now, it may be uncomfortable. And when I, you know, when I feel this way, sometimes I get uncomfortable with it too. I want to be a big tree and I want to be on my yacht already. And I like yachts because I like the ocean and I can't drive a boat and I get seasick. So if I'm on a smaller boat, I wouldn't be able to enjoy the water. And even on a yacht, I could still get seasick. So when I say things like this, it's because of those ideas. So for you, you wouldn't have this information. So I have to share that. This is the decoherence. There's always a loss of information everywhere in all of these systems because this is how it works. If it's a a bubble bath, you can look that way. All hot bubble baths will get cold. They just will. It's not evil. It's not mean. It's not doing it to you to hurt you. It's not just your bubble baths that lose heat. It's all of us. We are all this thing losing heat. That could also be like death, you know, which I saw this one thing where it was like, you know, there's one one person per coffin and you're born alone and you die alone and you don't need anybody. And, you know, and then this other thing tried to say, well, that was trauma because you never had anyone or, you know, but I have another point of view on it. What if you just actually don't need anyone? What if you really are enough? Terrifying, right? What if you're all you need? Then it's like, what about all these things I've been taught that I think and I know to be true and I need this and I need that and I have to be this and I have to be that. And if I'm not this, then I'm not that. Again, loss of information, right? So with that, I wanted to let you know that 
maybe it feels like the world has just skipped, is a skipped record, you know? But just like we know, put a little toothpaste on it, play it, and it's like the skip was never there. <laughs> or that skipping part of the CD becomes your favorite part. If you're a little bit younger than me, you probably don't know what a CD is. But I know what a CD is now and all of the stuff around it. <laughs> and I'm trying to learn actually about albums and something called an A-track. And it looks like a video game box, which I'm sorry if I am terrifying you right now, like if you're older and you know all this stuff. But, you know, you give people a, a chance to kind of learn the technology of the past. It's still a beautiful thing. Tape cassettes? Cassette tapes? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to lose all of my older uh, listeners. I'm so sorry. But I wanted. To, I, 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 I just want to know about things. I Look at this. When I am obsessed with Julius Caesar, he died on my birthday. And not, not, on, <laughs> not my birthday. But, you know, in like 400 BC or something. Don't quote me. I don't know what day. It was just it, 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 the time that he went through that with Brutus and then his story. And I love his story because every time something goes with me, um, I feel like I'm crossing the Rubicon. You know, the Rubicon was such a small river that it wasn't even on maps. But if you lived in this area during the time, which is like ancient Rome, you knew the Rubicon. And this was the beginning of the Roman Empire's uh, boundaries. So if you cross this line, then you knew if you cross that line with an army, you were saying, I'm going to war with Rome. Caesar did this. Now, Julius Caesar at the time was not the emperor of all. He was just, he was a really good general. He had an army. He was winning. He was doing that. But the Senate was the, were the people who were in power. And I'm pretty sure they probably didn't want him to come in power. But he was doing what he was supposed to do. He's winning wars. He's making Rome great. That's, that was his job. So, of course, from that, the people love him. Because people love a good win. This could, be, you know, and this is the thing of where... You know, we get international and, you know, America or Europe or what's going on with Palestine or Israel or, you know, in the Ukraine or, you know, you want to think about in, in the Philippines or um, there's still like there are still kids living in the graveyards in Philippines because they're overpopulated for apartments or they're just poor. So they have to eat reboiled chicken from the garbage and uh, sell it to people. You know, when you tell these stories of the earth. It, it might make us feel and look a certain way, but there's a loss of information. These are still progressive ways forward. We are still a young civilization. We have not been on Earth that long. And for someone not on Earth, when I look at Earth, or think of it this way, the astronauts who are looking down on us, or their life is space, they're not in the same world that we are, and you're not in the same world that they're in. And I'm not in the same world that anybody's in. There's all kinds of decoherence that's constantly happening, and we have to do the best that we can with the time that we have. Now, if any of this is confusing, I would say go over a couple more of my episodes. Listen to those ads, because I had to. You know, I got to make money, too. And support creators who are promoting intelligent content. You know, I'm not on here telling you how to get a guy or that men suck or we're not going to talk about sex. There's no race content. Uh, 
there's no political things. It's, these are, I have ideas on all of these concepts, but they're not interesting to me. They're not gratifying. They don't move me. Now, if something can move me and gratify me, that's what I want to know about. And that's when information like this comes up, because I want to know what we're going to be like in a thousand years. I want to know what part I can take in the intelligence of the nation. I want to be a part of that. So, you know, everyone's got their own dream and you've got to chase whatever you think is best for you, of course. So for me, if I could say one person would be like, you know, I was really sad and lost and I wasn't sure what I was interested in or if I should be interested or anything. And I just started listening to your podcast, asking myself questions, researching things. I found this one book. Maybe you heard of it. Maybe you haven't. Tell me about a book. You know, I, I've learned so much to understand how much I don't know. There is so much information in this world in such a beautiful way good information not the misinformation that's at the surface level you just have to hold your breath a little longer and go down a little deeper and it's there raw and untouched that's the beauty of this information look up um i have some people i think you might like a cm kuzman look it on youtube this is all free information you can find um, and intelligent speculation. Look up critical thinking. Look into these things. I found something else fascinating. Maybe we'll talk about it in a few episodes from now. Uh, the speculation of zoology. What creatures would look like? Like, since we only tell you what creatures look like through their fossils, that's very limited. And if somebody looked at you through your fossil, you wouldn't look the same either because muscle and fat and blood vessels don't fossilize hair it's keratin it doesn't fossilize so a lot of the beautiful things that we're missing just about your average freaking raptor could be mind-blowing feathers on dinosaurs who knew uh, there's so much in the world that is misunderstood and I want to spend my time focusing on that there are plenty of people focusing on everything else you're getting drowned in it and if that's the kind of content you like, there's plenty of that out there. So for me, this content is for the people or my tribe who like this. And that's, you want to hear about the simulacrum and hermetic circles and you like words like quantum and you want to understand quantum and why does every Marvel movie just say quantum? <laughs> the quantum field wasn't even created until like the 1600s. They didn't even know about it, 1800s or so. So what did we used to call it? And just, you know, there's more and more and more. If anything, I'm thinking too, um, maybe I'm actually going to put up a few videos about this, do some graphics, you know, get into all of that. But I'm scared, you know? I'm scared to be a YouTuber. I'm afraid. Why am I afraid? I want to be liked. I want to be loved. I want to be cherished. And then I'm scared if I get there. What if people don't like my ideas? What if they don't like my voice? I could be doing all that to myself. And that's why I'm like, all of this, it's a process. I initiated the podcast about a year and a half ago. And I decided I have a lot of ideas that I like. Maybe I should make this a company, a business. Stop judging myself. Stop overthinking. And really just focus on the good I'm doing. And how many people I've helped. And things like that, you know? And... 
Focus on, this is the dialogue of my character. This is who I am. So thank you for letting me share who I am and act in alignment with my vision. This is my world building that I want to do. And I thank you for being here and listening and allow me to do that. This is an amazing, beautiful gift. And I can't wait to share more things with you. This has been Anomaly Kyra, your hostess with the mostest, going back at it with another mind theory for your mind. Thanks for listening. Bye.